Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer over at Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Uh, pretty depressing loss, but <laughs> an expected loss. Lester, yeah. how are you feeling today? Feeling good. I mean, you know, it's it's the uh, it's the Bears playing the game against the the best team in the NFL. It went about how we all thought it would go. So you know, eh, it is what it is. Yeah, it feels like maybe the start of a new losing streak. We just got over one of those, and the schedule doesn't look too kind in the future. But the game ended at a 33-22 to 22 score, which is kind of a weird score, but not nearly as close as you might no. think that that score would lead you to believe. That game was over early. I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But I had made a, a comment on a group text with some friends. We were trying to get uh, sort out a time to get together on Sunday, and my wife said, well, the game will probably be over by then. Oh, I didn't mean that it'd be. And I'm like, no, the game's going to be over com- from a competitive standpoint in like 15, 20 minutes here. And it was correct. Like they just, the bears were just never really in this thing. And I, I just, I don't know what you do in when you're watching a game like that, but I mean, have you ever quit on a bears game and just, just turned it off and, and done something else with your mental health? I mean, I feel like at this point, we have to kind of sit through and watch yeah. it and then watch it again for some unknown reason. But I, I, I just I just kind of sat there and took it. I've always watched it through, even back in the day when I, when I was coaching. So like I was I was I was busy on Sundays. I would always I had the game on, on the old VCR and I would always tell the, the guy at the PA, say, look, do not announce the bear scores because because I, I am taping it and other guys are taping it, too. And every now and then he would just slip up and he'd say it. So I would know the game, what happens. I would still go home and watch the entire game just because that's my team. I want to see what happens. So, yeah, I've I've never not finished a game from start to finish ever. It's a sick, sick disease. It's a sickness. It is, (laughs) especially with the Bears. Oh, geez. All right, well, let's get into this episode because, um, you know, there, there are some interesting things that happened in this game, even if it was over early. So let's start off with the trench tribute. I believe I get to start off this this week. So yep. I wanted to talk about Larry Borum because okay, I, I went back and I just specifically watched Borum. I had heard that he got graded well, and I just I kind of wanted to see what that looked like. Someone says he graded well. What does that look like when Larry Borum grades well? And I think he's an interesting watch right now. And I, I think we've talked about him a couple of times, but I don't see him winning with power at all. I see him having a nice ability to climb to the second level, which is interesting for a guy that big. He, he does seem to climb into the linebackers and be able to kind of stick on them, which surprised me a little bit. He's not mauling anybody. I don't see him just kind of you know, taking the whole right side of the, the defensive line down when he's, when he's down blocking, or he's not necessarily taking a defensive lineman and moving him off his spot. I don't think he has that functional strength. He's a rookie. That's fine. Like he can build that, but he doesn't have that traditional mauler, you know, I'm just going to drive you into the dirt kind of mentality. And I was actually kind of impressed with how he was set up in pass pro. It seemed like he was just stonewalling guys pretty, pretty well. He got bull rush once kind of got pushed, pushed back into Dalton, but overall, like he, he seems like he's kind of winning with a good set and a wide body and he's kind of climbing to the second level. And it felt to me like something you might traditionally want at left. 
And a guy like Jenkins, who's more of a hard-nosed mauler, is someone that you might traditionally want it right. So I'm kind of re-intrigued by this idea of where do these guys really fit? And I'm curious where the next coaching scheme is going to want to put them. You know, in college, Borum did win with power, but I think it was more power of his mass. I think he was like 360 in college. So I think he was just overwhelming guys because he was just such a mammoth human being. It wasn't actually, you know, physical strength as far as muscle mass, but yeah. it was just his size. And then he dropped, you know, 30, 40 pounds. You know, he's, I think, like you said, his feet, he has really nice feet for his size. Uh, he's still a wide human. So, I mean, that he has right. that going for him. And, and I think that, you know, the more I watch Borum, I think he's definitely going to be a keeper. He could be part of the Spurs' future for sure. I think uh, a year in, in a pro weight room will do his body wonders. And, you know, like you said, the next coaching regime, whoever it may be, they may flip those guys. But but I think Jenkins, he has the same traits as well. It's, it's, it's a nice problem to have if both of these guys are true professional tackles. Yeah, I just, I found it interesting. I, I have watched him before I've been interested in him. I just wanted to just, I watched the whole offensive tape, just watching him, trying to shield my eyes from the Andy Dalton play and just try to watch Borum through this. And it was just interesting. I thought some of those traits really, to me, felt more consistent with a traditional left tackle than it did a right tackle. Not, you can say, well, that's not how it works anymore. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but but that, that interested me in saying like, this guy might kind of stick and I want to see what he can do in terms of functional strength with one full off season and see if he can do that. I think he'll probably always be someone who worked really hard in the off season. You got to give him all the credit in the world, put his body in a position to be able to contribute as a rookie. You hope that that work ethic continues a guy that had to drop 40 pounds, you know, from whatever he was to whatever he is now, it's a guy that's probably going to always need to watch his weight. And so that's something that the coaching staff, the training staff is always going to need to work with him on. But I'm really curious to see, like, I'm consider me now intrigued at where they finally place him because he's, um, he's, he's showing some interesting traits. You know, if let's say Ryan Pace did hit on two uh, bookend tackles in one draft, that's a, uh, that's pretty good for GM Ryan Pace there. That's a heck of a parting gift. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, for my, uh, my, my trench tribute this week, I'm also going on offensive line. And like you, I did uh, focus on one player. I, I kind of thought he played pretty good when I watched the first time live um, as much as I could stomach watching that whole thing. And then I watched it again and that's James Daniels. You know, I, I think he's pretty, he, he's pretty solid. I mean, he's, he, he's not giving us the, the flashy Quentin Nelson type mauling play that you want to see out of a guard, especially a right guard, but, he's just solid. He's, he's, he's 24 years old. His contract is up after this year. You know, I, I think he's a guy that there's have to bring back just because if you don't now you're really, you know, uh, real thin on the old line there, but I actually, I graded his play. I graded him for 76 plays. Uh, I gave him a plus 66 minus 10, which is a solid B that's 86.8%. Like I said, you know, some of his mistakes were just kind of like, you know, real ticky tack stuff. Um, I'd like to see more of the actual uh, aggression out of him, but that's not his game. I mean, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a center by trade and, and a lot of those centers are more, more technicians yeah. and, you know, perhaps center is, is in his future. Perhaps center could be in his, his, his recent future. If the bears do make a move on that old line, he's a guy that you may want to uh, kick inside there at center and see what he has. Well, I'd really like to see that. I'd, I mean, why not start playing with these last few games? The problem is you have, um, you know, uh, incentives for Matt Nagy are different than the incentives yeah. for the long term of this team. Like Matt Nagy's trying to 
squeeze a couple wins out of the last part of this year because he's trying to make a case for whoever wherever he's going next whereas if you had a more future-minded person running the program who felt safe they might say hey you know what we need to get some tape on this guy in this position we need to make sure that we're getting uh tevin jenkins if he feels healthy enough to get in the ball game but you know we need to get some tape on him we need to evaluate this we need to evaluate that matt nagy does not have any incentive to do that matt nagy's going to do everything he can to try to whatever he thinks even if you disagree with it he's going to put you know, veterans in to try to squeeze out a few wins so that he can salvage something out of this season. So I would love to see Daniels get some run at center because if, if there are still Sam Mustafer fans, you know, saying that he's, he's a, a piece of this future um, I, yesterday might have changed your mind. I, I, I'm not sure at this point, you're probably always going to be riding with Sam, but um, I, I would like to see that. I would like to see w- what Daniels can do. Um, with the last part of this. So let's, let's, uh, let's move on here to the, the world of Twitter, which was particularly salty after this game and, and, and crazy amounts of, of different people defending different factions of this bears. I, it was just fascinating uh, 24, 36 hours uh, on Twitter, but I pulled one from uh, at half underscore read and the, the name that he uses starts with an X and I have no idea how to pronounce it. So we're just going to go with half read here. And he says, I need a diagnosis of what's happening to me. I am laughing my butt off and enjoying this game on some level I've never been before. And I, I got a kick out of it because we have been talking about how do you try to put this season into context? How do you watch a game and try to divorce yourself from some of the normal emotion that you feel when you when you have a team that's competitive and this game was over from the start and there were just silly things happening and just bad plays happening and i thought that this kind of summed it up well where i was like it's just kind of funny at some point the ridiculousness of this and the fact that the bears keep being put on tv and they have to play in prime time the next two weeks there's just the kind of a uh, at some point all you can do is laugh and uh, I think it was Boers and Bernstein on 670 the score. They had a thing they called fun bad. When something is so bad, it comes to the point where now it's it's just fun bad because it's it's so ridiculous. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if the Bears are quite there yet for me, but it's getting close. And these next two primetime games might 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 put it in, into that into that stratosphere. There's uh the Ted Lasso episode where the their team gets beat and he brings the coaches in the next day and he said, the only thing that you can do in a situation like this is run the game at two X speed and play the Benny Hill music. And (laughs) I think that that may have been a better way to rewatch this game because I watched it in regular time and that was not fun. Um, But what about you? What'd you pull from Twitter? Uh, Like you said, it was a really weird uh, day in Twitter. A lot of people defending Nagy, defending Pace, defending Dalton, so, so I actually went away from that usual stuff and I actually pulled something. I, I could have used this for my, for my, for my, uh, my stat too, but it, it's Kevin Fishbane. We all know Kevin Fishbane for the athletic at K Fishbane. He tweeted at in, two, in 2021 NFL teams that get 26 or more first downs in a game are 39 and 14 after Sunday's loss, the bears are three and five under Matt Nagy when they move the sticks 26 or more times. And, that just shows that the, the the dysfunction of the Matt Nagy offense, even on the, the rare time it actually does something, it's still not putting up points enough to win games. It's just, please let this Matt Nagy experience be over. Yeah, what is happening here? Because you, you watch 
the Andy Reid offense is predicated on these explosive plays and just forcing the ball down the field and, you know, let it getting the, the ball into the hands of playmakers. You know, you see Tyree kill, you see Travis Kelsey, you see these guys making downfield plays, right. And they are just chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. And so the, the way to beat the chiefs right now is everybody's trying to put play them with two deep safeties. So they, in, to make them work underneath and man, Nagy's like, Oh no, I just do that. I just want to work underneath. Right. And like, I'm never going to take anything deep. I didn't bring it up, but I brought it up on Twitter. No pass attempts over 20 yards from, from Andy Dalton in this game. And there were a, a number of people that are like, it was a monsoon. And it was like, it was lightly raining. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple times it came down a little heavy. That No excuse for a quarterback to not no. push it all ball down the field. But it's the scheme and it's the quarterback. Um, and, and so great. The Cardinals allowed you to do that. They were up early. They just kept everything in front of them. They're not going to let you get back in the game quickly. And, and so that is a lot of just reflection of game flow and, and Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton combination, not trying to push the ball down the field. The, the game's flow kind of played into the Cardinals hands. I mean, the Cardinals, yeah. the Cardinals want to keep everything in front of them. That, that's kind of how they play their defense anyway. So when the bears are already doing it, you know, it's, it's kind of like the old uh, uh, Levy Smith Tampa, too, is you, you keep everything in front of you. you. You make an offense have to put together a bunch of plays to get a drive to the end zone and eventually the offense will screw up. Well, the Bears often screwed up, you know, four times, you know, four picks. You know, they weren't all on Andy Dalton. You know, there was the one with uh, with Cole Komet, but but still Andy Dalton made some poor decisions that game. And, and it was just a too quick check down and he should have tested things a little bit. Uh, it's, it's Ben, but don't break. <laughs> And it's make plays when they're there, when the, when the offense gets frustrated and impatient and they, and they do that. So that's basically, like you said, old Lovey Smith, maybe this was revenge from the Denny green, you know, crown. Of there him, it is. Right? There it is. You yeah, know, maybe yeah. that, maybe that was it. So um, good for the Cardinals. You know, they're, they're hopefully going places and, and uh, I'm cheering for them. I'm I've, I've yeah. made my allegiance known my, my NFC team for the rest of the year is going to be the Cardinals because you got a root up against Green Bay, so well let's uh, let's move on to the to the stat. Caught up in a numbers game, yeah. What do you got this week? Uh, I'm the number four. Okay. So the Bears were a perfect four for four on down number four on Sunday, but they chose to not go for it on fourth <laughs> down or midfield, and. They were already down a couple of scores. It's fourth and two, and it, it's just the wrong decision. Now, I'm going to give a lot of credit to this offensive staff for having a number of plays that they felt good about to be able to go to in fourth down situations. Four for four on fourth down is an impressive stat. Plus, you add in the short touchdown of Jimmy Graham. You add in that two-point conversion of Jimmy Graham. They had plays that they felt good about running in those short situations and they converted them. Now, do it on fourth and two at midfield before yeah. the end of the first half. You have to be, you're the underdog. You have to play like it. You have to push, and you have to try to get points on the board. It's cowardice to not do that. Yeah, there were a few people on Twitter that kind of tweeted out the, the analytics, and the analytics say that at that point, you know, based on, based on the pure math, that Nagy made the right call, but you know, sometimes football is played with your gut. You know, you, everyone knows the bears had no chance that game, unless they, 
they, they took some chances that were, that were outside the book and Nagy had a great chance to do it there. He chose not to do it. You know, the Cardinals ended up doing nothing anyway when they got the punt, but still you got to take a chance. You got to go for it on fourth down. You just got to do it, especially when you're at four wins and you're facing the the top team in in the NFL, take a chance, grow some huevos playing to lose more gracefully than uh-huh. to try and get back in the game and win it. That that's what that is. And that's, that's to me, that's cowardice. But what about you? What stat did you have? My number this week is the number two. And that is the, uh, the number of snaps from uh, Bears second round draft pick, Tevin Jenkins. He played two snaps on, on special teams in the game. It was nice to see him get out there. I, I, I wish we would have saw a little more of him. I thought there may have been an outside chance that he'd be put in the Alex Bars extra extra uh, t- tight end role, but he wasn't right now. So that's fine. You know, they're going to ease him in slowly. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the show, but how how the Bears aren't going to play their youngsters right away. And Matt Nagy actually talked about it at his press conference. You know, they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs quite yet. Yeah, I mean the the Houston Texans are the only team that are mathematically team. eliminated. The Lions the are still alive. Yeah, but like let's uh, let's maybe pump the brakes on the mathematical yeah. part because that yeah. doesn't mean a hill of beans. I almost swore, and we don't want to code the the podcast as a you know a, a bad explicit. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that. It's, yet. It's, All right, you know, it's it's uh, real quick. It's just Robert Schmitz, our producer, is the only one that has a uh, explicit podcast on our show he's the, the only, only guy one. that won't swear and the only one that won't swear he, he tagged <laughs> one one of his shows with the explicit and i'm like when i saw it i couldn't believe it i had to call him right away and say what the heck did you do hey hey <laughs> it was a guest they it was a swore, guest and i, I marked I it properly <laughs> he did he did good job <laughs> Should have uh, should have beeped them. That would have been fun. We we got to get some sort of bears related beep. You know that that'd be that'd be pretty fun, or maybe like a Lombardi. Like what the what's going on around here? Um, all right. Well, that, that's go bears from like gosh, what was that? Dicka. Th- it was there's Dicka some thing. speech that I remember right before like a Monday night football game. He goes go bears. Yeah. You could just dub that over. Oh, that's the his uh, Jersey retirement ceremony. That was it, and it was, it was yeah. uh, like negative degrees out, and he's <laughs> freezing, and he's just like, I'm not gonna stand up here. So he just says, "Go Bears and get out." It's kind of like the Billy Madison line from the Adam Sandler movie where he's, he makes some weird comment, and then he goes, "Nib high football rules," and everybody like cheers. Right? All you gotta do is just say "Go Bears" and and give a fist pump, and you're good to go. Oh yeah. It works. All right. Billy Madison reference reference check off. We will take a quick break on the other side of the break. We're going to get into everybody's favorite category, the three bears. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's get into the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge, the guy that kind of exceeded expectations. Now, I think that you might be going into different directions, but I'm going to say Jakeem Grant because okay. he led the team in receiving five of seven targets, 62 yards and a score. Really nice play on that little trick play. Um, he, he really brought a spark. This is a kick returner uh, that we got for a six round pick or conditional whatever it was yeah and you know obviously we've had some conversations about his decision making uh in terms of what he's been bringing out of the the back of the end zone um but he's been pushed into a role because marquis goodwin uh you know is banged up alan robinson hasn't been playing and so here's an opportunity for this this guy to get some snaps and everybody's thought well demir bird's going to step in and he, he's going to get more well demir bird didn't do much with his seven targets but Jakeem Grant sure did. And so I just wanted to highlight, like, good for Jakeem Grant for coming out, contributing on this offense. He just he's obviously good with the ball in space. And so if he can get the ball in his hands and he can secure it, you know, he is dangerous. And so it is an interesting little spark that he gave the Bears. He's he's a he's a smaller player, but he was really electric in college as well. So, you know, I mean, he, he's always been a guy that, that's wanted to play more offense. And, you know, with him getting his chance now, you know, maybe he can earn his way into a second contract with whoever the new regime is going to be, because, you know, there are some nice skills there. And then as a returner, I think he has six uh, touchdowns in his career, whether a uh, punt and kickoff. So he has some juice for sure. And I think he's a guy that, that you have to take a long, hard look at because going into next year, the bears don't have many receivers under contract. I know they have Mooney and that's pretty much the guy. So I think that's it. <laughs> so, so, so you're going to have to bring someone back that, that has some semblance of, of, uh, of, uh, what's going on with 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 Mooney with Fields you know with the, with whatever the offensive playmakers you have on the team now so if Grant's a guy that can earn a second contract I think it's a good deal yeah absolutely who'd you have for me I'm going to go David Montgomery um, I just want to make sure we had a chance to talk about him 29 touches 141 total yards he had a touchdown he's just such a such a, a no-nonsense you know he just looks pissed off when, when he has the ball in his hands and when he when he runs he runs angry you know, I just like his whole demeanor on the field. And when the game was over, of course, you know, his, his passion comes through when he talks to the media as well. So, you know, I, I actually had a tweet during the game that when, when I back when I played, I would have loved to block for a guy like Montgomery. You know, he gives everything on every play. He never quits. You know, he has that. You know, you can see why Bears fans love the way he runs and why Bears fans wanted him to be a Bear for a long time. In this day and age with the way the way backs are treated, you don't know if, you don't know if that'll happen. But if the Bears can find somewhere to have Montgomery stick around, you know, past his first contract, the money's right. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, let's bring up I, I, our our mutual friend Jonathan Wood, who is very much an analytical thinker. He has put out some tweets that have wrinkled some feathers. Yeah, and he suggested that the Bears would be smart to trade David Montgomery in the offseason and give the, the bell cow roll over to Khalil Herbert. And here's where I like Jonathan a lot. And he's obviously very smart and he's good with math. And I would like to consider myself someone who is equally uh, equipped to deal with the statistical aspect of the sport. And this is where I have a problem with the analytical community. 
is that this game is not played on paper. And so you can have these tools that are at your disposal to try and help you make decisions. But at some point you have to consider things like what this guy is to your locker room, yeah. what he does to the people around. Him. Does he make other players better? Um, is this a guy that you want representing your franchise? And with David Montgomery, I think the answers to all those questions are yes. And he's good and he's good for the locker room. And he's, he's a guy that these offensive linemen want to block for, right? I'm not saying Khalil Herbert isn't, but David Montgomery has proved that he is, and he has that mentality that you want to see in a Bears running back. And so there are certain players that I think that you do pay the premium for knowing that they're bringing more than just what they're doing from a statistical standpoint or what they're even maybe what they're doing on the field. You're building a team culture and that's important too. You know, I get some Thomas Jones vibes from, from him when, when, mm. he, when he plays and, and, and also when, when, he, when he talks you know, to the media, he just has that passion for the sport. You can, you can feel it when, when he's out there. And I understand what, what the people in, in, the, in that community think about when they look at the contracts because, you know, who's the last running back that got paid decent money that actually panned out? It just, it's very rare at that position. That's what I said at, at the right price. I'd love him back. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, like, like, where is the market headed towards that position? We saw a guy like uh, Levy and Bell a few years ago. He turned down big money because he thought he would have a, a much bigger paycheck somewhere else. He never got it, and he took you know a big pay cut. You know, so maybe the market is kind of come down a bit. And if that's the case, like you said, you know, for all that he brings to the franchise. You know, he, he does, he, he, besides his running stuff, he's, he's, he's good as a receiver. He's really good in pass pro, you know, he's the total package as a tailback. Now you add into the, his leadership and the stuff he does, you know, off the field. I think he's a guy you, you got to find a way to bring back if, if you can make the money work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to talk about Montgomery again in a little bit, but cold bowl of porridge here. I don't know that I can go any other direction than to call out the red rifle, Andy Dalton here. Um, four interceptions. Obviously, we're going to give him a reprieve from the one that Komet bumped past to Buda Baker. Um, great play by Dalton to make the tackle. He made two, I mean, he had two tackles in the day. the tackle, I think. I mean, I think Montgomery might have got credit for the tackle on Buda no, Baker. He, but... he actually had two tackles in the day, which was one more tackle than when you're starting into linebackers, Alec Ogletree. <laughs> so he so he got credit for the one on Buda Baker then? Technically assist. He had yeah, a, okay. one, one assist, solo, yeah. one assist, but yeah. you know, the way the NFL he, scores, But he brought down the defensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, he did. You know, and there's a lot of quarterbacks, which I think is the smart thing. Um, a lot of quarterbacks that make the business decision and just like stand there and, and like Teddy Bridgewater recently a couple times. Right. And people get yeah. killed for it, but I, that's your quarterback. Like yeah. what happened to the bear season when Jay Cutler oh, broke his thumb against the Chargers, that, yeah. right? Ruined and, it. And, yeah, it ruined the season. It's something like I, in a way, like, no, get out of the way. It's Andy Dalton, okay, fine, whatever. But, you know, three interceptions that were definitely on him uh, through high and behind uh, on Jakeem Grant on the first one. That's on Terrible. him. Yeah. Um, he had the, the, the batted pass at the line, the tip pass at the line. I think that ball was picked either way. Um, he threw like right at the guy, but the tip balls go on the quarterback. That's just how that works. He has to have spatial awareness of what's in front of him. He has to be able to hit the open lanes. That's on the quarterback. That might not seem fair all the time. The only time I would say that it's not 
the case is when you're playing quick game and your offensive lineman is supposed to cut the defensive lineman to get his hands down. This was not a quick game pass. Um, this is something he needed the spatial awareness there on. Um, and then of course on the screen, he just, he, it, that's a, that's a, it's a bad throw. Um, he just didn't see the guy. Those things happens to every quarterback, right? Like Brady had that pass on the screen yeah. earlier in the day, right? Like these things happen to quarterbacks. I'm not saying Andy Dalton's the only guy to ever have this happen, but when you have, you know, the batted ball interception, you got the bad luck interception with Komet, you've got the bad ball interception where you uh, threw it behind Grant, and then you have the bad decision where you just didn't see the guy all in one game, you got to get called out in this space. Yeah, there, there's a window to when, when you throw in the wind. There's a window, you know, close, which is the, with, with, with the linemen. There's also the window that you have with the DBs. So Andy Dalton, you know, he, it is on him. He has to see that guy coming. You know, a, as a defensive lineman, you're told to Todd, if you don't get there, get your hands up. So, you know, as a quarterback, you're aware of that. So it's there. He didn't catch it. And, uh, you know, like you said, the three of those at least are on him. Yep, absolutely. What about you? I'm going to go uh, to the secondary of the Bears. And that's uh, Nickelback, Xavier, Crawford. <laughs> you know, like I say, who? <laughs> yeah, there, there was a there was a whiff. You know, there was a bad PI there. It's it's partly his fault because he's just not talented enough to be a starter at this level. But this also goes back to Ryan Pace deciding that you know behind Jalen Johnson was going to be Kendall Veldor, Duke Shelley. Xavier Crawford, Marquis Christian. This is this is the group. He said, "Yeah, we're fine with these guys." And you know, this guy was was a six round draft pick in 2019 of the Texans. Didn't make the roster. Was cut. Spent some time on the Dolphins practice squad as a rookie. Uh, a little bit of time on the Bears practice squad as a rookie in 2019. He's been in Chicago since then. He's 25 years old. You know, I think he is who he is. He's not an NFL starter, but here he is for the Bears. You know, he's their starting nickel. He, he's he's getting meaningful reps. And again, it's much, much like the thing with, with the builder. Yeah. Builders out there. It sucks, but Ryan Pace, why did you leave this secondary with these pieces of not good people? We are force feeding <laughs> Ryan Pace. Some of that cold porridge. That, yes, that is exactly. absolutely that's what's what I'm happening. Doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to kill a guy that's like, uh, you know, probably shouldn't be in the NFL or just should be a practice squad guy. You know, I mean, it, it, this is a Ryan Pace is eating this, this porridge yeah. um, and he's not going to like it. Um, all right. Just right. Bowl of porridge. This is where I want to talk about Dave Montgomery okay. because 21 carries for 90 yards and a score is what I expect out of David Montgomery. Right. He caught eight, eight targets, uh, eight, eight, sorry, eight catches on nine targets for 51 yards. That's fine. Right. Like it, they were mostly check downs. He did what he could with them. Um, it, it was a very Matt Forte like game, yes. right. Where he, where he had, you know, 43% of the offensive yards were, were on David Montgomery. That's very Matt Forte. Um, wow. and, and, and you know what? I'm fine with that. Like, I, I mean, I would love to see more. I would love to see more passing. I would love to see more, but I like that David Montgomery is getting those touches, um, especially with how this offense is currently constructed because he is a guy that is a premier player. And this is what I expect out of him. Did you catch the NBC uh, uh, logo they have for Sunday Night Football? Oh, he's the, he's the David guy that Montgomery, Yeah, David Montgomery and Aaron Rodgers. You know, it was Khalil Mack. You know, it would have been probably Justin Fields if he was for sure playing, but... David Montgomery, he's he's got that uh, that, that prime spot. That's nice. 
Yep, they could have put Roquan in there, but um, I, I like. No one knows who that is, though. Yeah. Well, it's they should, right? Yeah, they like, should. We need they should them have, to yeah. like. We need them to want to yeah. put him up there, but maybe maybe after Sunday, Roquan can make a play or two. But what about you? Who who do you want to highlight here? For my just right, I'm going a little little different direction. I'm going to go with uh, backup tight end Jimmy Graham. <laughs> he had the red zone <laughs> touchdown, which is his job. He yeah. had the two point conversion, which is yeah. nice. One target, one touchdown. That's perfect. That's who. That's who he is. Twenty-one right. snaps, which is twenty-eight percent of the plays. Backup tight end. That's where he. That's where he should be. His skill set says, "Hey, this is who I am. I'm a red zone guy. This is where I belong." The problem is the money. That the money is not on the field. But if he wasn't getting paid as much as he was, as fans would be saying, "Oh yeah, that's great. That's that's our guy." But you know, if if the Bears could find a way to to not have him paid all that money, it'd be much more palpable as fans. But this week, let's 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 give him a little credit for for doing his his one job. Yeah, we've called him a one trick pony for a long time, and the I'll trick, take it. The trick is great, right? Yeah. If you're going to be a one trick pony, it's a nice trick. Yeah. Now, if Jimmy Graham was on the Jason Peters deal, right? Like if Jimmy Graham was fishing on a river, and we're like, hey man, we need somebody to just come in and catch touchdowns. You're going to play. <laughs> 10 snaps a game. Maybe you're going to run a few routes. You're going to catch a few touchdowns. We'll give you a million bucks or two. Right. And he signed that contract because he just loves football. He loves catching touchdowns. Right. And he comes in and he does that. I mean, we'd be like, yeah, Jimmy we'd Graham, man, yeah. Jimmy Graham, legend, Bears legend, Jimmy Graham coming in, just catching some touchdowns. Problem is it's hard for us to separate the, you know, front office decision-making from what the production is on the field. And that those things don't match with Jimmy Graham. But it is what it is, man. He he does have a trick. It's a fun trick. I like it. You know, it's 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 like your friend that has the one joke. You've heard it a hundred times, but it's still funny, right? That like still it's, works. he's a funny guy. So yeah, I'm I'm uh good for you for pointing out Graham. I I I appreciate that. Jokes on us though, because he has three more void years on that on that contract. We'll so be that's... paying for that trick for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 friend put his drinks on your tab um, when you weren't looking. So, yeah. all right. Well, we always end on the fields report, uh, although there isn't one, but I, I wanted to just bring up that there's some indication that Dalton might be hurt and they were kind of calling it a left hand injury as we were um, hearing about this, which some people were trying to make excuses as to why he couldn't throw. The last time I checked, Andy Dalton throws with his right hand, but I, you know, again, I, you know, I haven't played quarterback at the professional level. I don't know if you need your left hand to throw with your right hand, but I, well, I'll leave it there. Um, so I'm not sure where Dalton's going to be with this injury. I don't know where Fields is going to be with this injury, but I'm thinking that we may see a return for Justin Fields on Sunday night football. And I will tell you this much. NBC is hoping oh, yeah. that Justin Fields is coming back for this because for some ridiculous reason again i almost swore um for some ridiculous reason nbc chose to keep this this game now i get it it's ratings it's yeah, chicago, ratings, it's, chicago. It's, it's bears packers um this is not going to be a fun game for a lot of bears fans to experience this in prime time but nbc absolutely wants justin fields on the field on sunday night Matt Nagy said in his press conference on, on Monday that at this point with Justin Fields, it's all pain management. You know, the crack ribs, I'm sure, I'm sure they're healed enough to the point where you could play if you have to. But, you know, if you're wincing with every throw, with every movement, you know, there's just no point in going out there. So, you know, they'll monitor him throughout the week. Uh, he practiced last week limited. Uh, he ran some on the scout team. I'm sure he'll do the same again this week. 
But can you imagine if, if Dalton's hand is to the point where he can't play and Fields is still too sore? It's going to be a Nick Foles show the against giant Aaron Rodgers. killer, the Brady <laughs> killer. Oh, Nick my God. Foles. That would be taking the field in that, if, if that happens then it is going to be fun bad for sure fun bad <laughs> watching nick Foles on sunday night football captain third string slice and dice lester if that doesn't get you amped up for bears packers i don't know what will ready well we might have to have a some kind of drinking party if uh that's the matchup is uh nick Foles versus aaron Rodgers, and um we might not survive it if we have to put some sort of drinking requirement on every time rogers does something good or every time Foles does something bad but um that's it for the episode uh we do put these up on youtube most of the time go check us out there um check out our other shows we've got some cool guests we've got some cool shows uh, we've got some cool podcasts all, all the way around that we continue to put out despite the fact that this team um, is not holding up their end of the bargain. But that's okay. We're still here. We are helping you get through this season and trying to find the silver lining um, on, on the things that we see. What's going on at the website? Uh, I know we got some stuff coming up where we're actually looking at the future. So we're already looking towards next year. I'm sure we'll have some head coach spotlights, more of them coming up soon. So even though the bears product in the field right now is not the best, we're always looking for an angle. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in on this one. We'll see you next week. Same space until then bear down. Hey.